Hi, my name is Rosalind O, and you are listening to True Heroes, the podcast about the ordinary people with extraordinary missions to make the world a better place one day at a time. This week, I sit down with Federica Fotti, an accommodation officer who works with vulnerable youth in England. Her responsibility is to prepare these young people who have just left foster care or are asylum seekers and trying to help them adult at 16 or 21. Our conversation covers everything from the lose-lose struggle of our modern foster care system, the secret behind how youth workers manage to keep their sanity while working with the ups and downs of teenagers, and what inspires Federica to keep going when everything in the system seems to be working against her and her mission. Enjoy the show! So I am sitting here with Federica Foti. Yes. And I just learned how to pronounce it. <laughs> Hope I did a decent job. Um, thank you so much for coming uh, to my wonderful recording studio, <laughs> aka my kitchen table. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Um, could you just do a little bit of an introduction? Can you tell us about um, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Federica. Um, I'm 27 years old. Um, I live in Bristol, UK. Um, and I moved here when I was 19. I grew up in Italy. Um, and I, at the moment, I work as an accommodation officer, um, which means I basically work with young people um, aged 16 to 21 in like a residential um, kind of supported accommodation uh, project. Um, and I help them in the day-to-day life and I help them become independent. Mm. Yeah. And when you say um, assisted accommodation or supportive yeah. accommodation, this is not like a shelter, youth shelter. It's not quite. Mm-hmm. So it's like a place, it's temporary accommodation similar to youth shelter, but it's a bit more long-term. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where, which is supposed to be their home, Mm. Um, where they can settle in a bit more, so it's not quite a shelter. We tend, we try and make it as homely as possible, and make it like a home for them, and we we encourage them to live independently. Kind of like it's kind of as a trial for when they go out and live on their own in their community. But we also provide support, which makes it a bit of um, kind of it makes it a bit easier especially if they come for um, maybe care or living in a family or living in like a more of a care home mm. so it's kind of like um in between being in care um or being in a family and being on their own okay yeah and so what kind of people end up coming you, you said the age range 16 to 21 yeah um what other what what makes them come to yeah so most of them are care leavers okay so and in the uk that means young people that have been in care so mostly in foster care Mm -hmm. because um their families or their parents couldn't look after them Mm -hmm. so they've been in the care of the state so they've been in foster care or in care homes Mm -hmm. uh, most of them so the, the young people that have had difficult childhoods and um uh, they have experienced a lot of trauma mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time. Um, some of them are not have not been in care. Some of the young people I work with, but um, that maybe at some point in their teenage years, their relationship with their parents broke down, mm-hmm. or they found themselves homeless or at risk of homelessness for a variety of reasons. And then, if they're under eighteen, um, 
the local authority would kind of accommodate them somewhere else if they can. So they might come to us mm-hmm. um, if they're deemed uh, appropriate for the if the place is deemed suitable for them, basically. Mm-hmm. So either they've been in care or they haven't been in care, but they have issues with their families and they've become homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what landed you there? Why did you end up getting involved with Vulnerable Youth? Um, we kind of like, it was accidental a bit in a way. <laughs> you know how you like, you stumble into jobs sometimes because you're mm. like, you're trying different things and you're trying to figure out, I don't know, what your next step is. Mm. Um, I might say I'm 27, I haven't got anything figured out yet. <laughs> so yeah, which I thought I would when I was younger, I thought I would at, some, at this point, but I haven't. And, yeah. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. so Federica and I have had conversations about, because we're friends outside of this uh, podcast and so we've had conversations about um, 85 year olds feeling like they still don't know what they're doing and then the solution yeah. what really happens is that you never figure it out and then you just yeah. drop dead <laughs> so yeah. that's our little running joke um, but yeah but basically because my um, my background was in childhood studies mm-hmm. so I did childhood studies at university um when I was younger and then I um, well in, at the same time I worked with children a lot so I worked in different jobs um, like child, did childcare did like play work with like children from pretty much babies toddlers to like end of primary school age um, and then after uni- and that was mainly whilst I was at university and a bit later and then after university, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of got into marketing for a couple of years. I wanted to try something completely different. And then I realized that really wasn't for me. And so after that, I was a bit lost. I didn't really want to go into childcare mm-hmm. or like um, not necessarily working with children. I wasn't sure. But I thought like I, like I looked at youth work and I thought that might be quite exciting, like quite a new, like a new exciting thing to try. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. And I got into this is quite um that what I'm doing is quite specialized youth work. Because most mm-hmm. of youth work is like in general with youth in general, this is like a specific type of young people mm-hmm. in terms of like they're very vulnerable young people and they've yeah, they've they have they have quite um distinct specialist needs. Yeah. For example, um well, for example, well, just the fact that they've been in care because mm-hmm. that's a massive thing for a young person. Um, you know, they have an experience that most young people don't have. And, you know, most people find hard to understand. Like, it, it was quite hard to understand for me as well, even though I've had um, quite a difficult childhood and adolescence as well. I've never been in care. And, and being in care it's really hard on the young people the system oftentimes is not if I don't know if it's hard to tell if it's if it's helping them in any way sometimes maybe mm-hmm. it is helping them because because they are at a massive risk um and that's the reason why they're taken into care mm-hmm. uh, but still it, it it's not appropriate for these young people and I hear a lot of stories from them about how being in care um, was just really hard for them. Like um, foster carers, maybe not. 
not having the appropriate training or not being like mm. not having like enough empathy or sensibility towards these young people or mm-hmm. children. Not and maybe not for fault of their own, but because it's so hard to understand these these children mm-hmm. and to understand what they've been through and to be able to um really care provide for them for their emotional needs that mm-hmm. are um you know that's sometimes hard to manage and and it's hard because a lot of them maybe they've been in foster care and some of them have had successful foster care and they've been in a foster family for years and they felt they've built a relationship with the foster carers and that's really important some haven't had that um the chance to build a relationship with the foster carers and maybe like when they were younger um it's, it's, fa- it's fairly common for these children to maybe act out a lot when they're in foster care mm-hmm. uh, because it's a difficult time because often they're testing the foster carers in a way. What, what do you mean? Uh, because they've, you know, imagine being taken away from your family and being put in the care of strangers mm. and not knowing how these strangers feel about you mm. and they're testing maybe. And they maybe they've, you know, they've been acting out before and they've, they've dealt with loads of professionals they have parents that don't really care for them mm-hmm. and so they're testing to see if these foster carers actually care for them if I act out if I do the worst possible thing I can do are they still going to love me or are they going to pass me on to the next foster carer mm-hmm. um which happens I mean I I I see background stories of young people that have been from foster care placement to foster care placement mm-hmm. because they you know, they're trying to test in a way. Are they acting? And maybe it's because they have behavioural issues because of the things they've been through, because of all the violence they've experienced themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes it worse in a way yeah. because that teaches them, oh, nobody really loves me. The moment I act out, I'm not good enough for these foster carers and they're going to just pass me off like I'm a parcel to the next one. And that, that is kind of compounded year over year. And then you end up with a 16-year-old that feels nobody loves me. I have no family. Um, there's something wrong with me. And that's why nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Um, and it's really hard. And I think, it's, I don't know, I've never really worked with foster carers directly. And I understand maybe they have their own families. They have their own children, mm-hmm. um, you know maybe they didn't have the the capacity to look after these children but if they don't then they shouldn't be doing it they should know from the beginning um what's going to be like and maybe they don't fully um and uh, there's a lot of pressure on councils as well to, like because there aren't enough foster carers so there's a lot of pressure on like finding foster anybody. carers yeah. yeah not quite take anybody but take as many people as possible yeah. and maybe um, they're not uh, they're not as careful with the selection as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just sounds like an incredibly complex situation yeah. where there's so many different stakeholders at place, and obviously um, different people with different incentives and people perhaps trying their own best yeah, in absolutely. their situations. Yeah, yeah. And it's also interesting to me what you say about this kind of neg- negative spiral that the children create for themselves. Yeah. But it makes sense because from their point of view, it's almost an act of self-preservation. Yeah. And like, yeah, a, absolutely. Yeah. Because they have trust issues. Yeah. Very, 
it's very fair that they have trust issues and they're trying to you're right like test and build this trust but it can but when it backfires on them it can become a negative spiral yeah that's that's a very complicated problem and and so that sounds especially difficult and so why did you um what are kind of like the challenges of working with 16 to 21 year olds versus yeah. younger teenagers preteens yeah. or children like you've worked with yeah. before well these kids are going through you know a lot of like teenage brains are completely all over the place <laughs> <laughs> sure, think, yeah. yeah i mean um it's very interesting it's um they have so many emotions and mm. they're so intense and so strong which makes it sometimes quite hard. You need to be very patient. Mm. In um, it's in a way like it's harder than working with younger children, um, oh. in that sense, because in the way younger children are more stable, I find like teenage teenage years are so difficult just because they're teenage years for everybody. You're going through puberty, you have crazy hormones, your brain is developing, um, and it's. Yeah, and I can see in the young people that I work with, they it's it's even heightened for them because they haven't learned to manage their emotions in a proper way when they were younger, mm. a lot of them. And so they are really, their emotions take over them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, even with little things in life that we all have little annoyances that we all have to deal with, for them, they may be amplified. They may be in, 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 and every emotion can be amplified. Like, can be anger becomes uncontrollable rage. It can be sadness that becomes depression. Mm. Um, so it's really hard. Um, it's also, it's also very exciting because it's they're at a point in their life when they're not children anymore. Mm-hmm. They're becoming adults, um, and they've got so much potential. Really, I see, I'm in awe of the young people I work with because they've been through so much. Mm. They've been through such challenges and and still, you know, I can see them do well, I can see them achieve, I can see them settling in a new home. I mean, think about some of them are 16, 17 and they've got their own bills to pay. That that itself is amazing. (laughs) You know? people don't have to go through them but because they've been in care and unless they have like a foster care that actually um kind of keeps them for longer that doesn't happen often usually by 17 18 they're out Mm. Uh, and they've got to stand on their own feet I mean how many young people actually do that in the general population not very many because you always have your family to kind of fall back on for Mm -hmm. most people and so that itself is incredibly hard for them it's they have to adjust to it but it's really so Im- impressive to see them be able to do that mm. and like even you know maybe um you know trying different things like I've got some young people that have, even though they're a bit chaotic they're trying to like getting jobs like like trying to figure out like what they want for their life what works for them and they're like making mistakes but they're then like trying to fix them and that is is really um really inspirational for me and mm. they feel it just feels it just it makes my job kind of bearable in a way but also like worth doing because he's, mm. even though it's really hard it's really it's really stressful and emotionally stressful but at the same time you get these little things when 
you know, you, you see a young person that has managed to do something mm-hmm. um, and maybe, maybe through your help and that is just priceless because they've, um, you know, they've changed their life a little bit or just the fact that they know there's somebody they can come and talk to, mm-hmm. which they might not have, like an adult that they can talk, you know, talk things through with um, and they can, they, that is there for them, that is reliable, that they can ask for advice. Um that is, yeah, the, you can see the difference in them and that's, that's priceless. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> can I also hear more about what your your role is? So yeah. how do you help these youth? Yeah, so basically, um, so they're living in this shared accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of help them manage things like uh, paying rent um, and like things around like living independently in the house uh, maybe I would teach them how to cook for themselves I would teach them how to manage money so how to budget budget how to prioritize paying for rent bills food things like that mm-hmm. I would help them out if they need to get on a course at college or find a job I can help them with that um or, for example, like if they need to uh, apply for benefits, which is a very hard thing that they have to do when they turn 18. Um, I help them with all of that. So we like um, deal with like benefit agencies, which can be quite hard okay. and all that kind of stuff, like all the bureaucratic stuff that they need to deal with, filling out forms. I will help them with them, like um maybe registering with the doctors, the dentists, that mm. kind of stuff, making mm. sure they know how to do that. So teaching them these, like, basic life skills that um, that are kind of obvious for most of us and then not for but, them. But also you see a lot of uh, surprising amounts of uh, 25-year-olds who don't have to do these, <laughs> these life yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, even speaking for myself, I know how to do them, but it's such a pain yeah and such a hassle yeah, yeah. and sometimes they create yeah. unnecessary barriers yeah and i suppose especially if you someone without an address yeah someone without a good Absolutely. credit, credit yeah. history yeah it's obviously it's only gonna, harder, yeah 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 and and that that itself is quite hard work because for them it can be very stressful mm-hmm. um sometimes it's a lot to ask of them a lot of young people that have been in care have lower educational attainment yeah. than average. Uh, they're more likely to have left school quite early and not have any GCSEs or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like, they might have uh, learning difficulties or things like that. So like even filling out a form, sometimes it's quite hard. I work with a lot of young people as well who are asylum seekers and refugees. Mm. So they've been in care because they've come to the UK as an accompanied asylum seekers. Mm-hmm. So they have got... Um, different issues to do a language barrier to do with cultural barriers um and that's really hard as well um yeah oh my goodness yeah <laughs> the level of complexity. i mean yeah. the level of yeah crazy um oh man they just have so many things going against them yeah and you're one of the few remaining forces yeah. pushing for them yeah. and yeah you're always like fighting against something um yeah so at the moment in the past year or so the my biggest the thing that I find most annoying has been like applying for benefits because mm. there's been like benefit reforms in the UK mm-hmm. and things that got a lot worse for vulnerable people for mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, in general, for and for our young people as well, um, it just feels there's a lot less flexibility and it's a lot harder to access benefits in a certain way. Um, yeah, and it's just so frustrating because if you think about it, I'm I work for the local authority, so I'm I'm paid by you know the taxpayer mm-hmm. my salary is paid by the taxpayer a lot of my time I spend fighting you know <laughs> kind of benefits agencies that are part of the state mm-hmm. because you know we're two different ages but I'm, I'm I work as an advocate for these young people mm-hmm. with the benefits agencies mm-hmm. um and it's just like but why like these are young people that have been in the care of the state at 18 the state decides you're not my problem anymore you can apply for benefits on your own they've made the system really hard for them to access mm-hmm. just the fact that at 18 like you suddenly are supposed to be able to pay your rent for yourself to pay for everything yourself with a tiny um with tiny a tiny amount of money because that's what benefits give you mm-hmm. right it's not enough to mm-hmm. live on for most people and it's really hard for these young people that are 18 and they can't budget because who mm. can budget at 18 right and these young people have not been taught because they've been no. in care and they've got loads of other issues um and it's so so frustrating because it's the system is is it's been created by this government partly mm-hmm. by the state um if you look at it long term and it's just it's not fair on these young people and you're fighting with the system because mm-hmm. you're being an advocate for these young people the irony mm-hmm. is that you're employed by the system as well yeah that's, right? that's the thing yeah. and, <laughs> and you have to explain to them especially the young people that come from abroad maybe they're asylum seekers and they they find it maybe a bit harder to understand how the system works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you have to explain to them how it works, and it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it, you know, it makes no sense. It's yeah. been decided by people that are completely detached from this kind of reality. Yeah. But you have to explain it to them. You have to tell them, look, if you don't make your appointment, you're not going to get any money, and it's not fair. But I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then you get arguments. You get anger you get stress depression and you know it's really hard Um, yeah yeah so in the face of so many things uh working against you and you doing your role and against the youth that you work with even though that people, the forces working against you are also the forces paying for your salary. The yeah. irony yeah. Um, in that situation. Do, would you would you say that um, you have a mission? Well, your your role or what what are, what do you want to see achieved through your work? Well, I guess at the level of my job, mm-hmm. my my um, aim, the reason I go to work is to see these young people. Um, achieve mm. and kind of change their lives for the better mm-hmm. and that sometimes just means um, them having a role model them mm. having somebody they can rely on because that gives them that's having somebody that tells them I believe in you like I believe you can get this job I believe you can be whatever you want to be I believe you're very talented and you're going to be successful and you have your whole life ahead of you and it's going to be amazing mm. you know um and just having somebody that tells you that, that means sometimes that they can make a difference themselves. They can take ownership of their lives. Um, 
and also you know they just need the practical support as well yeah so like you know all the things I talked about benefits and finding a job and things like that um that in practice can be you know can can impact on the lives can change the lives for the better so that is my I guess I guess in a way it's my mission in life a little bit Mm -hmm. because I like I figured out by you know um working in different jobs um that what's really important to me is to be able to make a difference in people's lives Mm -hmm. um that's something that I I want in my career although I'm not sure where my career is going to go exactly but I I, I've realized that that's really important to me that's the most important thing um and I guess I'm quite good with people. Like, <laughs> mm. I'm quite, like, I'm a good listener and I'm good at understanding people. Um, I say this about myself. I hope that's true. <laughs> I, I, as your friend, I'm I like, think I can sort of answer that. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, like, so that is, like, I want to use those skills. And, like, yeah, and this attitude that I have to kind of help people. Um yeah, change their lives, kind of maybe um, get out of a bad situation if they're in a bad situation, realising that there's hope kind of mm. at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Like a lot of, of um, young people suffer from um, serious mental health issues, depression. Mm. They find it quite hard because all they've had in their lives is disappointment mm-hmm. from when they were young children and they haven't... Um, they haven't got control of their lives because maybe they're only 18. Like, mm-hmm. they've been bounced around from foster care to foster care, from social worker to social worker. People have made decisions for them. They've had limited control on their lives. And, I like, I'm there to tell them as well, it's not always going to be like this. Yeah. You're, you're, you're almost an adult. Like, you're an, an adult and you're getting there. And once you you get your own place, you get your own career sorted or your own job, or you'll be a bit more stable. You'll make your own decisions. You can surround yourself with the people that are good for you. Um, and you can make your life better. You, you'll have control over your life, which is something a teenager um, doesn't have. No. Which is a huge no, thing. No, not at all. Yeah. I can yeah. say with certainty, teenagers yeah. don't... I mean, if you're an 18, when I was an 18 year old, um, not speaking hypotheticals, when I was, I myself yeah. was an 18 year old, it was, it's always impossible to imagine what is 10 years ahead. Yeah, only exactly. 18 of them. Yeah, exactly. 10 is incredible yeah. Yeah, ways yeah. into the future, right? Yeah, and that's why our role model is important because yeah. you're telling them, you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I did it, you can do it. You know, this is how like things can get better mm-hmm. you know you just need to do this this and this and things can get better you know there is hope yeah and what's what's both what's fascinating um and perhaps a bit hopeful is that what you're talking about is very cheap yeah as a society we <laughs> yeah, can, we can, it's, it's, true. yeah it's very cheap for us to yeah. be giving people role models and we yeah. could be giving a role model to every vulnerable youth and yeah. taxpayers yeah. don't have to pay many more cents to do that yeah right? listeners you all go and volunteer yeah, <laughs> find you like go. a youth group in your in your city in your town there you go go and spend some time like teaching people to do something you can do even if it's just like baking a cake or something mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't have to be something huge it's just it's just spending the time with them and like listening to them and like 
it that just shows them that they're important that somebody cares it's mm-hmm. like when they're having like a bad day you know just sit with them have a cup of tea and listen to what they have to say mm-hmm. that is like that is all, like I, I talk about all these practical things I do in my work but that is also something that we do um because that's what they need they just need to spend time yeah. with somebody that cares yeah and they, they do it you know it's just the, this free time that you give them that's probably the most important thing because um because that really proves to them that somebody cares somebody's not there because they have to be there they're there because they care mm. about the young people that is the that's the most important thing well i mean if you think about it that's what we all need too that yeah. that's why we want and need yeah. friends and social yeah, yeah. connections and so yeah. it it for example when i was back in vancouver and um, i led a few volunteering groups for um working with the homeless in the local area and people so people would work in the soup kitchens and do the physical work of running the shelters but mm-hmm. then i'm like okay now we have enough people working in the kitchen or we've we're washing up the dishes we're cleaning up go talk and they and, and all these volunteers would like <laughs> sit with their backs against the wall they'd be so uh, nervous and what i also a lot something that i heard them say repeatedly is I don't know what to say. Yeah. And because I know they're going through such difficult times and yeah. I'm worried I'm going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. For people who might feel that way. Yeah. Is, do you have any recommendations? Um, sometimes don't say anything. Like, or just mm-hmm. like, I know it can feel quite awkward, but just even if they've got loads of issues, they're just a normal human. They just need normal human contact. Like, and they maybe they just need somebody to listen to them. Mm. So like, just talk to them like you would talk to a friend that has a, a problem. And sometimes, and they don't want solutions to their problems. You can't give them solutions to their problems because <laughs> they've got to find their own solutions. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes listening is the most powerful thing and the most, yeah, the most helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like don't give them advice and just maybe just have a normal chat just have a cup of tea and say oh how are you just chit chat a bit and if they want to talk about whatever problems they have just listen just sit there and listen um i guess treat it like it's not the end of the world even sometimes they will tell you something that shocks you Mm -hmm. try not to look shocked (laughs) (laughs) oh there's a challenge yeah (laughs) when you hear some of the stories it's hard not to freeze up or um I don't know. Your eyes yeah. wandering about the place. But they don't want to be treated like they're freaks. Mm. <laughs> exactly. They want to be treated mm. like they're normal, normal human beings. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, and we all have times in our lives when we're going through difficult things. And sometimes there are no right words. There, there are no words that are going to make you feel better. But who doesn't feel better by having a friend? And like having somebody to vent to, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the house. That's, that's great. Uh, do you, um, so one practical advice that you give to any listeners who feel um, inspired or motivated by this and kind of want to get on board with your mission yeah. and contribute in any small ways. One, you mentioned trying to join or volunteer with any yeah. local youth groups? Yeah. Is there anything else? Or what kind of things they should be looking for yeah, when they're trying I to mean, volunteer? Possibly one thing that's important to me that maybe is not, um, not to everybody, for me being politically engaged, mm-hmm. that's really important because a lot of the things that affect these young people's lives or vulnerable people in general, mm-hmm. people that have had a hard life, um, they come from politicians, they come from policies, 
and, and things like that. And I think if we want to kind of build a better world that's kinder to people, nicer for everybody to live in, I think politics is a really important um, medium for mm-hmm. us to make change. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been like very interested in politics and very engaged in politics. And it doesn't have to be party politics, but it might be like campaigning for an issue mm. that you feel is important to you, whether it's the environment or it, whether it's welfare reforms or whatever it is that is important to you. There are campaign groups that are not necessarily linked to specific um, political parties that you can get involved to, you can volunteer for, um, you can donate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's really important. I think um, I find it also like especially makes me a bit sad. My generation and the younger generations are quite disengaged from politics. Mm-hmm. I see it with the young people I work with as well. And I've, um, yeah, I find it quite sad and quite disheartening because I think actually so much of the policies that are decided, you know, in Westminster here um affect your life yeah in ways that maybe you don't recognize but they do and um and it's politicians work for us Mm -hmm. (laughs) we pay them yeah exactly we're their bosses yeah and we vote for them so we have power over them you know they they're not gonna have a job in a few years if you don't vote for them again Mm -hmm. um so i think and the voter tour now is so sad in this country. <laughs> it's so low. Like, I want everybody to be engaged, everybody to have their say, everybody to say, this is what I want the world to look like. Mm. And, you know, do something about it. Don't just, don't just go to the bar and run with your friends. Do something. Like, if it's campaigning for an issue that you care about, volunteering, um, just take a step in the direction you want to see the world going to. And, uh, and before, um, before you landed to where you are now, um, being a good listener, being a great listener, I might add, <laughs> uh, being a great listener, working with um, these youth for years now, have you had any mess ups? Have you had any terrible mistakes? Did you ever get it wrong? <laughs> like my, my probably, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Like well, the two years in marketing were probably not wrong. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, they told me that that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't like when people ask if you have any regrets. I don't have regrets. I don't believe in regrets. I think you know every mistake you made, every kind of. Uh, deviation from the from your root is 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 good because it taught you something Mm. like and it's it's part of you it yeah it's uh, my yeah my thing is like yeah even if you make a mistake the important thing is that you learn from it even if you did something that wasn't for you um it doesn't matter it's okay that's life Mm -hmm. and you know in a way it's better because it's because you know what you don't like, you know what's not for you, and you've had that experience, it makes you like a fuller person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. I'd, yeah. <laughs> so no regrets? No, no regrets. No regrets. I don't, yeah, I don't want to think about it. I was like, that's the past, because you can't change the past, there's no. no point keep thinking about it. Like, you think about it a little bit, self-reflect, mm-hmm. yeah. um, as just, but just in terms of um, what can I do better next time? Like, why was that not for me why did it not work out and how can I change it but not in terms of oh I wish I would have done this like no because there's no point you you can't go back and change the past 
Mm-hmm. So there's no point. Yeah. You just take a breather and then you think about it for a minute and then you move on. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I like that approach. I like it. Yeah. Um, oh man, we've been talking about some heavy stuff here. So let me give you a fun question, which okay. I like, which I like to give to um, many more of my guests in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Given that this is my second, and, uh, I don't have a long history of interviews yet. Um, but if you had a superpower, yeah, what would you like? Or or if you if there's an existing superhero that yeah. you would want to be, yeah, who would you want to be? Um, a superpower. I would like um, to be able to teleport. Oh, yes, because that would mean I could just travel all over the world, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have to pay for a play. <laughs> Such a like, low carbon. Food. Yeah, I know, this right? Is, I this know. Is the eco- when are they going to invent teleportation? Oh, it's the most eco-friendly <laughs> mode of transportation. Yeah. Who cares about yeah. flying? Okay, there you yeah. go. There you go. Instantly, you can be anywhere you want in the world. Like you're having a bad day, you just go lie on the beach for half the day. Brilliant. Solved all your problems. <laughs> Solved climate change too. Yeah. <laughs> so two birds with one stone. That's amazing. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you have any kind of, well, do you have any final words, especially for potentially um, youth who are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and who are perhaps going through problems of their own, whether yeah. it be significant vulnerabilities or just yeah. regular teenage problems yeah. or regular young adult problems? Do you have any words yeah. for them? Um, be kind to yourself. <laughs> mm. That kind of sounds obvious, but... Um, yeah, just don't be too hard on yourself. A lot of the young people I work with are really hard on themselves. And I think maybe it's a mistake that I made as well when I was younger. You just feel, you just think you have to have it all figured out. You think you, you need to kind of uh, like have a degree, have a job, whatever, you know, and know where your life is going to be. And, and life is not like that. Like there's going to be times when you don't feel 100% and that's fine. Like... Just try and be nice um, to yourself and don't, don't take everything on your shoulders. Like, it kind of perspective. You are a tiny <laughs> little, I don't know, particle in the universe. Like, um, things that maybe like look huge or feel huge at the moment, they're not going to be 10 years down the line or even in a year from now. And also, like, try and surround yourself with people that are good for you, like people that love you, people that are there for you. Sometimes your family aren't there. Sometimes you need a good, um, you know, good friends Mm -hmm. to lift you up (laughs) Mm -hmm. when things are not going so well. Um, And, you know, if you don't have many friends, go out and meet new people. You find your, your crowd and that's something that's I think probably the most important thing in life to to um, accept the help of other people as well. Sometimes that's quite hard uh, because life life is hard. <laughs> there are always going to be ups and downs. You're always going to be you're always going to have periods of happiness and sadness. Like, um, but having somebody there, having a good support group, that having somebody that you can t- turn to and remind you that you're good enough, that uh, sometimes you need that because a lot of the times we put ourselves down, especially for people that have had um, like a hard childhood and uh, difficult experiences. 
um, you know, we tend to put ourselves down and we need other people to remind us, actually, you did this amazing thing, um, you know, and you have so much potential. You got, you have all these talents that you've forgotten about because you're focusing on being critical of yourself. You're focusing on the bad things, on the mistakes you've made or whatever. Um, so, yeah, find good friends for life. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's it for me in terms of questions. Thank you mm-hmm. for coming to the podcast. Thank you for being my good friend. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just sharing us um, the wonderful work you do with the youth in Bristol. And last final thing, is there a place, social media, website, link, if um, that you would want to send our listeners to if they want to find out more about your work or more about your mission? Um, I can't think of any at the moment. Okay. Uh, but um, maybe I'll uh, get back to you. You can put it in the yeah. in the written thing. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, the podcast. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll write it in the yeah. description. So that's yeah. a wrap. Thank you so much. Cool. And, uh, Thank you. It was lovely to be here. Uh, yeah, it was easier to talk than I thought. <laughs> I was Great. a bit nervous. But yeah, yeah it went goal. really well. It's lovely. That's yeah. my goal as a yeah. host. Um, thank you so much. And talk to you all next time. So Federica works for Bristol City Council, which is the city's municipal government, so it doesn't accept donations. It's a public organization funded by taxpayer dollars. But you can learn more about vulnerable youth in Bristol at YoungBristol, youngbristol.com, which is a charity that provides youth club activities to vulnerable or low-income youth. Federica also recommended 1625 Independent People and Creative Youth Network as other great resources to support and check out. For anyone passionate about supporting asylum seekers and refugees, she also popped in Bristol Refugee Rights as an awesome charity to get involved in. And on that note, there's probably a whole host of initiatives in your own city, because unfortunately there's no shortage of youth at risk really anywhere around the world. So as Betty suggested, please consider volunteering your time or your wallet. You can make such a difference in a young person's life that way. And there's a great way you can support this show, which is to subscribe. And uh, number two, tell a friend about it. Spread the love and tell everyone you know. This podcast is a brainchild of OCO, the company whose mission is to generate hope opportunity and capacity for everyone in every city. Thanks for lending an ear to True Heroes.